Restaurant Unstoppable episode 1032 with Al Lucas and Ed Doherty. If you understand people, you understand business. And all business problems are people problems. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode brought to you by Owner.com. Owner.com is the leading all-in-one platform for restaurant marketing. Owner.com powers everything from SEO-optimized websites, direct online ordering, automated email and text marketing, built-in loyalty programs, zero commission delivery, and branded mobile apps for your restaurant that's integrated right into your POS. With Owner.com, there's no contract, no hidden fees, and nothing to lose. Join thousands of restaurant owners using Owner.com to grow direct online sales, save thousands in third-party fees, and simplify their online ordering presence all in one. Book a free demo today at owner.com slash unstoppable and see why owner.com is the number one rated restaurant marketing software. Self-awareness is the number one skill for leaders in the new era of work and self-awareness is also said to be the peak of emotional intelligence. So let me ask you how truly self-aware are you? No matter how self-aware you think you are, you and your business can always benefit from becoming more self-aware. You've heard us talking about predictive index on the show first with Al Lucas in episode 978, then with Ed Doherty in episode 1008, and finally with Matt Pepsil episode 1015. The Predictive Index is a talent optimization platform that helps leaders understand themselves and others, helping build happy, high-performing teams. Try Predictive Index Behavioral Assessment for free. Head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash try PI to take the PI Behavioral Assessment. Once you've taken the assessment, Ed Doherty is offering a free 30-minute call to read your results and help you become a better self-aware leader. Again, that's restaurantunstoppable.com slash try P-I. If you're tired of the other tater, you ought to try Tater Cakes because it's time to serve the tater your guests deserve. Tater Cakes are shredded potatoes mixed with delicious flavors. All the best parts of a baked potato in the perfect handheld package from the freezer to the fryer to the guest. Serve them in a variety of different ways and in different applications. Great for dining, delivery, and to go. With all the uncertainties of the world today, we should be able to be certain that our food always has great flavor. And Tater Kegs provides that comfort in every bite. Request samples at taterkegs.com. That's T-A-T-E-R-K-E-G-S.com, taterkegs.com. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, it, more butts and seats, and that's not it. If you are interested in this, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. 
With excitement, allow me to introduce to you back on the show for a second time for each of you. That's how much I enjoy working with you two. Honestly, uh, it's been a, a pleasure. We're talking to Ed Doherty with One Degree and Al Lucas with Define Hospitality. So we're here to talk about PIIE, Predictive Index. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little backstory um, I discovered the Define Hospitality Group through. Um, Eli Colt, right. who referred you folks to me organically, said you got to talk to these guys. They're doing amazing work, which you are. I've had the pleasure of speaking to <clears throat> to Al and both Greg, Greg Root and Al Lucas, uh, partners. There's three of you. There's one other, three partners. Yep. Uh, Nick Kennedy. Nick Kennedy, thank you very much. Um, and you two delivered two amazing interviews. Uh, I was smitten with what we got. It was awesome. Um, my interview with you, Al, you said I started working with this gentleman at Doherty to your right, and he did. I say gentleman. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> might have. maybe it was a slip. <laughs> totally inaccurate. <laughs> um, and he said uh, that you know he's been working with Ed and that it's been such a great time and uh, it's really helped empower. I think we talk, we're talking about like emotional intelligence or something or just I can't remember the, the conversation specifically, but it def, it definitely sparked my interest. And I said, well. I'm interested in this Ed Doherty character. I think you actually told me I needed to interview him. Mm-hmm. That was, you, you called him out. Got Ed Doherty on the show. First interview ever in my own apartment, which was yeah. kind of fun. When <laughs> um, we dove into Ed's story, we dove into Predictive Index. From there, I got Matt Pepsil on the show. Uh, so th- this is like the future of Restaurant Unstoppable. This is what I want it to be. I want my, my interview to be my research. I want to take a journalistic approach, and I want to just chase the truth, or at least one person's perspective of the truth and to get as much perspective as possible. But this is a vein that has been like riding really well for me and I'm, I'm into it. So, um, with that context, I'm going to pass it to Ed to talk. Um, well, actually I don't who whoever wants to go first. So what we're here to do really, my, my mission with today's conversation is to help my listeners understand why PI predictive index, a behavioral analysis platform and how it works. So we're going to basically, through story, talk about how you guys came across each other um, and the impact that PI has had on your operations. And we have some teasers at the end if you're interested in PI. After this, we have some, some giveaways. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are into free shit, stick around because yeah. we got some free shit coming your way. Um, all right. Who wants to go first? I think maybe, Ed, do you want to? I'll frame it. Please. Yeah. So, how did uh, I do so far? That was great. You're yeah. Perfect. You're fine. <laughs> yep. You should have a podcast. I, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm a leadership coach, and I also build intentional cultures. You know, the 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 concept the is that we build happy, high performing teams at, at uh, one degree. So the most important skill set for any leader is emotional intelligence, and there's five pillars of emotional intelligence. The uh, it's a competency. So the five pillars. Uh, this first pillar is self awareness. So if you want to be an effective leader, uh, emotional intelligence is the fastest route. Uh, there was a study done uh, on emotional intelligence of 200 leaders in 200 businesses. And those with emotional intelligence or high levels of EQ, emotional quotient, IQ, EQ, they were 90% more effective as leaders on the executive level. On the mid-manager level, they were 60% more effective. So if you want to be an effective leader, a great place to go is emotional intelligence. 
it occurs naturally in about five to ten percent of the population. Uh, didn't occur naturally for me, but you can learn it. It can be learned and taught, and you have to start with with self awareness. And the predictive index PI is a talent optimization platform that will help you with your self awareness. Yeah, uh, Daniel Goleman, the uh, godfather of right. emotional intelligence, is quoted as saying, "Emotional intelligence is the peak." Oh, sorry, self-awareness is the peak of emotional intelligence. That's right. It's at the actual, the, the very pinnacle of becoming self-aware. Or, yes. Yep. Yeah. So you have to open the door. Yes. And PI helps open the conversation to that. Yeah. And yeah. a little side note, a little cliff note here. If anybody's listening to this and they're interested in learning more about emotional intelligence, get Daniel Goleman's work. Yeah. It's so powerful. It's it's great stuff. Do, are you familiar with that? Yes, I am. Yep. Yeah, awesome stuff. So did I cut you short, Ed? Nope. So, okay, how did you two start working with each other? What's, what's the history between the two of you? Um, Al and I came up basically the same time in the same way in the restaurant business, but we never met. And uh, I was always a fan of Al's and his work. And um, how did we actually meet? I don't know. I'm thinking about that answer, and uh, it's odd. I mean, I just feel like it's a person that I knew for 25 years without ever knowing yeah and, and oddly you know through other people that either worked for ed or worked with me at some point we're always people just assumed we knew each other right. mm-hmm. um and so and then specifically how we even got to one degree i can't even recall specifically it's just really happened. weird it's yeah. a small industry no matter where you are in the country or the world for that matter mm-hmm. and when you're in the same city I think you just kind of know each other through like osmosis of just being around. Like you just over time, you just start bumping against the same people over and over again. We all have reputations. I know you both have great reputations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure everybody in the city knows that. Yeah, you know. So, um, when did you, Al? When did you first say to yourself, uh, "We we need help with something"? Like, what was the narrative? Why did you reach out to Ed, or did Ed reach out to you to start working? On it? I, I don't remember. Me uh, either. But I do know. At some I, point, somebody started paying. Somebody, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> the uh, it, it was very much the time when we were shut down. Our restaurants were shut down, and Greg, Nick, and I were just kind of huddling around. Um, twenty twenty. Yeah, thinking about you know what's next. Uh, will we survive? And if we survive, uh, well, we were going to survive, but. You know, what are we learning? Because the, I think the most important thing that was happening was not, not just COVID, but the 80% of the people that were leaving the industry and, and, or more, and only 20%, 25% coming back. And so we were paying very close attention to the why. And, um, and we determined that uh, when things started to come back, quote unquote, whatever degree that was, uh, that we really wanted to ensure that we were thinking right, thinking about uh, if people are going to sign back up for work, we wanted it to be, be with us, both management and, uh, and then uh, staff. And so we really sort of dissected what we were hearing out there in the industry. What were the major criticisms? And one of the things that we determined, along with pay and benefits and sort of the, you know, the, in a way, kind of tough financial decisions, but easier decisions was we wanted to really focus in on the, the life of our managers because we thought, and when I say managers, it's our chefs as well, because we thought if they have an enhanced life, then that would cascade into the staff and because they're the ones who are dealing with them you know, on a 
continual basis. And so we wanted to really focus in on them with the thought that we wanted their time with Define Hospitality to count in a way that was meaningful, not just while they worked with us, but forever and ever. And I think that what, that's one of the common bonds that Ed and I had pro- probably through some of the corporate jobs that we had that people invested in us and you know we have a skill set that we you know, in spite of being goofballs half the time <laughs> that we can carry carry forward and what i really had this vision of is anyone that stayed with us i knew that would benefit from it but if someone left for any whatever reason that they would look back over their shoulder and say hey i'm really stoked that i worked for define hospitality you know they invested in me and i feel more confident i feel more balanced and uh and, you know, the whole premise of um, some wise person said, know thyself, um, that's where it starts. And right. so we thought that um, uh, hooking up with Ed and what he could bring and, and uh, his partner at the time, Maria, what, what they could bring was um, that sort of outside perspective. We would stop time for them. And though Greg, Nick, and I are in the restaurants on a day, day-to-day basis, it wasn't a calculated leadership development thing. It was us imparting, quote unquote, our wisdom um, in the moment. Uh, some of it more calculated than others, but we wanted to, we wanted to really show that we were investing. And, and I think that that's the genesis of yeah. our relationship. I kind of want to go deeper on this because you're hitting, you're striking a chord mm. with me right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, like just to offer some perspective, what you just share with us is a key element of what makes us human. Think about everything we have today that we take for granted. Hot showers, memory foam mattresses ovens like the, all the luxuries we live better than most kings and queens of all history and we all it's been because of eons and eons and eons of, of standing on the shoulders of those that came before us and is genetic genetically encoded within us to lift other people up to lift, i'm so excited i can't even talk right <laughs> now, to lift other people up and to make them better than who we were and who we are going into the future how do we come, become better the cool thing about the time we live in now is we have more data and information before so we can be way more intentional about what better looks like going forward mm-hmm. i think for like 30 years better was like more for less mm-hmm. you know scalability and like i think we kind of lost our way for a while as a society i don't know if you're you guys have been around longer than I have. Yeah, I think, for, you know, I would just say this. First of all, let's, under, let's recognize also through eternity is uh, that, that the individual human being is bombarded with negativity. Absolutely bombarded. It, it used to be the newspaper, you'd pick it up. And if you read the hot headlines or you just read the front page, you know, you might just go back in the bed and crawl under the covers and not, not, not go do anything. Uh, now it's our our web browser. It's also human nature to focus on the negative. Yeah. And yes. so, yeah, the negative cells, you know, in our media and, and so many other facets of life. And so, you know, that intention that we talk about and framing your day is what is the, what makes the difference. You know, if there's this percentage of people that just get it from birth and then they're groomed through their, their upbringing and they can bring the heat on a day day basis, the positivity. Well, those are the rarest of birds. And I will tell you, that's not me. You know, I, I had to be developed. I had to think about um, my own, you know, my own purpose, my own habits. Um, you know, no one likes to be thought of as a negative person, but there's certainly a time in my life where I look back and I look very clearly at certain moments, and lo and behold, I was a negative guy. And uh, and you would ask me, if, "Were you? Are you negative?" No, I'm Mister Positive. Well, fact is, is if, if you really take accounting of 
each word, each moment, each facial expression, you know, I would say that I know I was a negative person. And so um, I started to really delve into how do I frame me in a, in a way that is something that is meaningful and makes my time on earth a little bit more uh, valuable to others. And so um, that, that sort of began my journey. And, um, uh, and I think that, you know, Nick, Greg, and I had this moment in time where we really wanted to be way more intentional about framing our company in that fashion as well. And in spite of the obstacles, we're, we have obstacles, you know, today that are alive and well, but we, we know that we know how we want to represent ourselves. And to paraphrase, reframing our organization in that way, just paraphrase shortly, precisely what that way was or is going to be. Well, first of all, we wanted to define our values. We didn't, you know, the golden rule is fantastic. It, it sort of supersedes everything and weaves everything, but we wanted to expand on that, put it in our own words, because somebody already came up with the golden rule, and no one counted me as the author. Um, we wanted to author our own values, and we wanted that to be something that became the bedrock, something that could we, we could relate to others, share with others, but also use it as uh, the way we make decisions. And the key value that we're talking about that we've identified right now is lifting other people up, creating opportunity for other people, leaving them better than the way we found them. Is that right? Yeah, that's embedded in our core values. What is your core value specifically that touches on that? Well, um, first of all, people are the priority, Mm. you know, that, and so, and, and so that starts it, but that, you know, that is a, that's a big subject because, um, you know, we connect that to other things like awareness of the big picture. Um, there's a lot of teaching involved, but people being the priority is we look at it, not just, you know, the person sitting next to me at any given time. We're looking at it very globally. Our vendors are, you know, we, we have a noisy air conditioning here and, and the people that live across the street are, uh, you know, they're, they're the victims of that. We got to get that fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, the people are the priority sort of transcends everything. And so we, we take that very seriously. Um, we're, we're getting into now some of Matt Pepsil's work, this idea of enlightened leadership, mm-hmm. the, insp- expanding your circle. And it starts with you, your family, your team members, your neighbors, your community, and then it just keeps on going out. And that's kind of what I'm hearing from you right now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you want to be a good citizen. I mean, people, uh, our time here is short and, you know, we want it to be a lasting time in terms of um, the people can say, hey, those guys, they cared. Yeah. Plain and simple. They, yeah. You know, they aspired to do great work, and they wanted to bring people with them and champion others. Ed, did you want to weigh in on the why? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, um, why is the most important thing for an organization? Most or people, Simon it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the, the values are the how you do your why. And they chose their why, and then we, we built, we helped build their, their value system. And it just helps the team to focus on how they can be their best on any given day, knowing we're human, right? But we also have to give the leaders the skill set so that they can be better leaders. Because at the end of the day, you have a vision, and then you have the end result, and you have metrics, and all these things we're trying to get done, grow sales, be profitable, tough business to do that in. In the middle is the manager. So they have to be the vision mover. So the why is the vision. And then that person in the middle has to believe what you believe within reason. And then they live through the values. So it really, it really does help. But back to a point that Al was making, we got devastated 
the restaurant business. We were, we were devastated during COVID. A lot of talent got drained from our ranks. And a lot of them didn't come back. And we had to start fresh. And I think it's really important for all restaurants to understand that it is truly the manager that is going to be the one that's going to make or break your ability to do all the things that Al said that he wants to do with people. They're the culture carriers. They are. They are the vision movers of the culture carriers. Absolutely. And they're they're on the front lines. So this is so crucial and it gets missed a lot. And, And so I'm trying to champion this idea that... Right now, there's a, there's a revolution going on where there's the future of work and there's a new world order in work. And the restaurant business is part of that. And we're one of the it's biggest... Like a leading edge, I would argue, almost. Yes. I hope so. Absolutely. I want it to be. How many people worked at McDonald's? Right. That, 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 were like, that was their first job. And that's also true for the restaurant business. How do we attract talent? Like, how do we attract talent into the restaurant world so that we become an employer of choice? And, and the best way to do it is improve the culture and have better leadership. It's just, for me, there's no argument there. And uh, recently, Forbes magazine, about a month ago, published an article based on a Pearson study that said that there's no lo- soft skills used to be this fun thing or nice thing you would do. Let's all get more empathetic when we have time. Pearson is, is, is saying that the skills, the upskills, we all have to upskill, right? We all have to upskill our, our abilities. We have to learn as we go. Pearson's saying that emotional intelligence is where you have to go. Back to my original point. So if it is true, then as a, as, as a restaurant organizations need to teach these things, they need to find a way of teaching how to be more self-aware how to be more empathetic, how to be more vulnerable, all these soft skills that in the past were certainly not the way of the restaurant world. The restaurant world that we grew up in, it was, you know, our way or the highway. And now suddenly we have to upskill as leaders. And those restaurants that do that, and those restaurant organizations or any organization, will have a competitive advantage in this still very difficult, you know, people market. Yeah, for sure. Um, Anything else we want to get out in terms of the why before we break and thank our sponsors and come back and start talking about how this unpackaged in your business, Al, like with Divine Hospitality. Anything else that we want to get out? If I could just say one more thing. Yeah, please. Just to help the conversation. If you understand people, you understand business. And all business problems are people problems. I, so This is why we get along so well. Yeah. I, always, I love saying that Business is literally all about relationships. Yeah. It's baked into the word company. Company. Think right. about how else we talk about companies. The company yeah. you keep, the right. people, the company. It's your, it's your relationship. Corporation is the body. The per, it's a corpus, you know. Right. So, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Al? Well, I think uh, the why, you know, obviously we're sitting back there evaluating the carnage of, of COVID. But a big other part of the why is let's also remember that this is an industry that has always been second to the front lines. When the real front line people are, you know, getting out there and, and taking care of emergencies, the next front line group is the restaurant industry. We show up. We show up for each other. We show up for the community. We show up to right. feed people. And we have a gazillion amazing examples of that coast to coast, worldwide. And I think that uh, part of the why for me was to not only enhance that, but to remind people that our industry is a great one because of that. Yeah. Yes. And, and come on back because we can do more 
And as a matter of fact, we're going to do more. Yeah. It's strange. Go ahead. It teaches essential skills, period. Like, Al and I could do anything. Like, I have pivoted to basically management consulting, right? My own form of it. But Al and I could go anywhere and do anything. Why? Because we are the Swiss army knife. Right. <laughs> Restaurant managers are the Swiss army knife and chefs of, of the business world. They just don't know it. You can come here and learn essential skills. And the power skills that are going to be needed in the next 10 years where employers are going to be looking for, they're taught here. So that, that is a key reason why I think this industry yes. has the ability to change the world. Mm-hmm. Because if we set the standard... Which is your the, why. Yeah. yeah. If we set the standard and, those, and if our job is to lift those up around us, we're getting all these green people who are still wet behind the years, you know, like we're their first impression of what it means to be in the workforce. If we set that by that, that bar high, holy shit, the rest of the world has to follow in suit. Listen, you have to give work meaning. Yeah. When you give work meaning, it creates purpose and human beings are purpose maximizers. It's what it's our, it's our air that we breathe and it. So you can turn, you know, well, I'm, I, I scrape, other people's food off of a plate into a trash can. That's what I do for a living. No, <laughs> that's not what you do for a living. I mean, Al told this amazing story, and I, I bring it up all the time, that when he was a dishwasher, as I was too, he was brought out, and, and I have Al tell the story, gave meaning and purpose to what he was doing. He was, he was scraping crap off yeah. of a plate, and his owner had the insight to say, Al, it's much more than yeah. that. You have to give meaning. So... We can say now, you in this business, you can learn power skills, essential skills that are absolutely transferable to your future. Yeah. Come join us for a little time or maybe like Al and I, we came in by accident and we got stuck here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because like, I think, in, especially in a first world country, um, we almost take food for granted mm. because we've gotten so good at industrializing it. If you're right. alive today... All you've known is an industrialized food system mm-hmm. with abundance. Yeah. You can walk in a hundred feet in any direction and be next to a meal. Right. You know, like we're just so unaware yes. of the importance of food. Like like Al, you made the point, like whenever shit hits the fan, first go the first responders and right behind them is the restaurant industry. We need people and people need food. Mm-hmm. But we just have so much abundance of food that we just don't realize how important it is to be in that industry it was almost like a we take it for granted right but it's it's connected to everything you know and i think it's important that we remind people of like you know yeah the food system's broken and yeah like we can also be a part of fixing the broken food system mm-hmm. if we choose to feed people a certain way that's right you know anyway we're trying to keep this one under an hour so yeah, i feel yeah. like the three of us sitting around the table sure. we can just keep on going any final thoughts before we pivot to how all right we're gonna take a break to thank our sponsors we'll be right back This episode made possible by Owner.com. Owner.com is the quickest and easiest way for your customers to order directly from you without the expensive 30% commission fees. With Owner.com, you'll save thousands every month when customers order through your website and branded app instead of third-party delivery apps and reward your customers with a built-in loyalty program that turns them into regulars who order again and again. Owner.com also helps you rank higher on Google with world-class search engine optimization built specifically for restaurants with an AI-powered website. We cannot forget lists 
build a huge list of people who live near your restaurant fast and market to that list on autopilot with text and emails sent at the perfect time to help you grow sales and stay top of mind. Owner.com gives you everything you need to grow and market your restaurant online with no contracts or hidden fees. Visit owner.com slash unstoppable right now to book your free demo and see why thousands of restaurant owners trust owner.com to power their restaurants online. Self-awareness is the number one skill for leaders in the new era of work and self-awareness is also said to be the peak of emotional intelligence. So let me ask you how truly self-aware are you? No matter how self-aware you think you are, you and your business can always benefit from becoming more self-aware. You've heard us talking about predictive index on the show first with Al Lucas in episode 978, then with Ed Doherty in episode 1008, and finally with Matt Pepsil episode 1050. The Predictive Index is a talent optimization platform that helps leaders understand themselves and others, helping build happy, high-performing teams. Try Predictive Index Behavioral Assessment for free. Head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash try PI to take the PI Behavioral Assessment. Once you've taken the assessment, Ed Doherty is offering a free 30-minute call to read your results and help you become a better self-aware leader. Again, that's restaurantunstoppable.com slash try pi we're back um so okay back to the timeline the story your relationship the year's 2020 al in the defined hospitality group realized that we need to work out we need to readjust our core values we need to prioritize and get, get closer to our why and we identified that creating opportunity and lifting other people up is is core to what we do when did you reach out to Ed to help you with this. Boy, or I'll tell you. Did you reach out to Ed? Well, the the why was we we saw clearly what we wanted to accomplish with our with our leadership and developing their soft skills and helping them navigate what we thought was going to be extraordinarily difficult times coming out of it. So how we got connected, I'm not exactly sure. Hmm. Um, I got to think about that. But we knew um, it felt good. And then the other part was. Um, it wasn't just a, a leadership training program uh, consultant. It was people in our industry. They walk, you know, they they've walked in our shoes, and uh, and they saw what we saw. So there was a, a real a meld at that time. The other really important part of the why for us was we also wanted to make sure that the company wasn't just a reflection of Greg, Nick, and I. We wanted it to be bigger than that. We wanted it to be a reflection of all of the people that were participating. And, uh, you know, the, the general manager of the restaurant we're sitting in right now, Phoebe O'Leary, is a great example of that. Mm. She came back during the pandemic as an hourly at Soraya. We're handing beautiful food and to-go containers through a window, hoping somebody will buy it. And she was there. And um, we thought it was important for her because she was in there frontlining it with us. Um, that she should be a part of how we wanted to mold the company going forward. And she's just one example of many. So we, we wanted that input and we wanted them to help participate in what, um, what, what each pivot would look like, but ultimately start really honing in and funneling in what we wanted the company to be uh, on an ongoing basis. So at what point do you, I guess, out, 
or sorry, uh, Ed, what, at what point do you remember working with Al in Defined? In well, Greg it's so funny because we're both, maybe it's our age, but uh, I don't remember exactly how it clicked, but, and I think Maria might have had something to do with that, and she's, she's not working with me anymore. But we were trying. Maria Campbell? Maria yes. Campbell, yeah. Yeah, past yeah. on the show. Like, cooks cooks who, care. who Care. Yeah, yeah. Amazing Great work nonprofit. She's doing. Yeah, mental health. Yep. Really miss her but i'm so happy that she's really doing her essential yeah. why but uh, she was a great partner for many years um so um we were trying to help and that was around how do we attract people back to the business so we came up with this idea of this employer choice program where we're teaching um you know frontline managers and and uh companies not to have intentional culture as i mentioned but also improve those leadership skills um, and so that was the nugget. I think that's that's how we initially got together. Got it. Yeah. So at what point do you guys start having the narrative of here's this thing called predictive index. Mm-hmm. Here's how it works. What was your I mean, what was the user experience like? I'm curious. Like, like what was get into like the impact it started to have and how you learned about it? Well, I, mean, I think from from predictive index became this thing that I'd, I'd introduced to us after we'd made some inroads on some of our initial goals with working with them. And uh, the values were developed. The, uh, the chefs and managers had a major input. As a matter of fact, they were the ones that really put the icing on the cake and cleaned them up. Mm-hmm. Greg, and, Greg and Nick and I and uh, Ed and Maria really whiteboarded it, but it still was chunky and not, cl- not as clean as we envisioned. And uh, the managers and chefs really got after it and, and boiled it down to us that made it uh, meaningful for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, then we started on our monthly management seminars. We were making progress there. And then as we started to really think about, you know, we, were, we had this restaurant, Kalea, getting ready to be launched. Uh, and we need, so now we not just need people for our existing restaurants, we got to open up a brand new restaurant and Ed introduced us to predictive index um, as an opportunity to uh, as a team building tool and it was hey look at this Um, so it went hand in hand with what we were teaching in the monthly um, leadership uh, seminars and and what we were really it sort of accelerated was that moment of okay everybody individually gets to take a good look at themselves right through some really heady stuff, and uh, and I'm telling you, I I mean I, I get you know I see everybody's org- in the organization's predictive index, including my partners, and there's probably only two people out of like 50, 60 people now that like I'm kind of eh, I don't know if I really see that. Everyone else is coming to me like going, who's been following me around all these years? You know, they're like they're mesmerized by the result because. Um, Though some things maybe not have been so clear to them, they get it. You know, they they see it in a way that is meaningful. Um, and I think one of the greatest things about predictive index, I was thinking about this, this morning driving here, was, you know, we spend a lot of time sometimes um, trying to focus on what somebody can't do, mm. and what you realize, and that becomes frustrating. Boy, they just can't do this. And what you, you're missing the great narrative. The great narrative is the stuff they can do. Right. And the success comes in cans, right? Not in the cannots. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, um, uh, 
I think predictive index allows you to go, okay, this, this, is, their, this is their strong suit. Yeah, it would be great to have them learn Excel more. I'm talking about me, um, <laughs> but others. But look, what, look how great they are here. And so now your job assignment becomes easier. And what that does is allows people to get their wins because right. you're playing to their strengths. Right. And, you know, you got a passing quarterback. You're not going to run the, you know, the triple option um, or you're going to have a frustrated quarterback. We, you know, we, we go with our strengths now. And then that allows that person to fill in the blanks right. of some perceived weaknesses or some skill sets that will never really be their strength. But just to become a better it, they can, they can, we can focus in on that later. I feel like it's mm. the difference between trying to force somebody into a mold or building a mold around them. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of you times. Know. Well, we know we it re- it's it's taking the ego out of the other leaders. Yeah. Here's what's really important to understand is you, you just hit the nail on the head. But what so many times leaders tried to build other people into their own likeness right. because it worked for them. And that's where their comfort zone is. And it's not until you really learn how to work with people that aren't like you that you can really multiply your success. And I have this story. Years and years ago, I had this management team that was absolutely just on fire. And they were all doing great. The restaurant was doing amazing. The uh, manager would be be promoting, uh, were getting promotions. And I had one manager that came to me one day, and he was from Brazil. And it was, first of all, a challenge for me because I'd never really worked with, with a, an immigrant, a first, uh, first-generation immigrant. So that alone was uh, a challenge. And he came to me and he said, Mr. Al, I do not, I do not appreciate your style of leadership. <laughs> and uh, and I, I said, wow, I haven't heard this. And basically what he illuminated for me in that moment was, um, you're building a great team of everybody like you. If you, know, if you, if you like the things I liked, and if you kind of... We had the same interest and you had the you liked my jokes and things like that then you could be really successful under al but i wasn't good for somebody that wasn't like that mm. and so that was a very poignant moment and i got smacked right across the head and thankfully um i listened uh, but pr- predictive index in a lot of ways is the accelerator because it you know you don't have to have the trial and error um you already kind of know and then if you're in a position to lead, then you utilize the information that you were given to accelerate not only the relationship building, but the game plan to get results, great results through others. And so before there was predictive index, there was Luis who smacked me on the head. Predictive yeah. index sort of uh, helps you avoid some of the pain. Mm. Yeah. yeah so um, that's a great story. And I have very similar stories to that before I was completely self-aware but the the new world error, the, the the new workplace error we're in, it demands that leaders c- control and command is over, right? That used to be the old way, and it's a very restaurant way. We're a military operation, right? Brigade, this yeah. brigade system. Um, we, the new error requires that leadership develop a skill where you have to understand what people need from you as a leader. That that's this kind of cognitive empathy. Where it's like, oh, this person needs something different from me. And that was never a skill before. And the predictive index absolutely helps you with that. Yeah. Um, so I have had the privilege of getting my analysis. Yes. Um, I found it eye-opening. Mm-hmm. It, 
I think we are, we're all somewhat self-aware. We have clues. We have mm-hmm. ideas. We have our self-belief. But we're like, uh, I don't know how others perceive me necessarily. Or like, But when you take that test and you're brutally honest with yourself and like you're going through, it only takes, what, five minutes, six yeah. minutes? Yeah, five or six minutes. It's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just like, like, do I want to like identify with this word or whatever like you're like well if you're being honest if you want to get good results please be honest if you take the predictive you're only cheating yourself if you're not right (laughs) um it just it just it it helps you move forward with so much confidence Mm -hmm. because you're like these feelings i had about myself right i now know are true and that's key yeah yeah so like that's the just just taking that alone Mm -hmm. if if you get anything out of this just become more self-aware even if you don't choose to go with the Mm -hmm. service Becoming self-aware, and you see when you when you get your results, and you get that awareness, and you're just like, "Oh, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Let me stay in my lane." Like, it just for me, it was validating. You know, it was like weight off my shoulders. Yes, yeah, and, and for me, you know, when I was a young chef, I remember I was 24. I, I at 24, I became a head chef in the 19. It was 1980, 81, 82. I don't know. But the bottom line is, is I was very defensive. And in PI, they have these little analogies that help people accept this, that we all wear a T-shirt, right? It says, Ed Doherty, you know, awesome guy, amazing chef, blah, blah, blah. And all the things that I want to believe about myself. The opportunities are in the back of the T-shirt, and you can't see them. And Predictive Index helps reveal that for you. And um, usually, you know, it's a small, it's a small segment. But you have folks that look at it and go, "Like that's not me," and they don't want to go there. But that's where the growth is. That's where the learning is. That's where the upskilling is. It's on the back of your T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So we, we, uh, it, it starts the conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm aware Al might not be able to stay with us to the very end of the, today's recording. So I want to make sure um, you know, Al. We've been recording for 36 minutes. Time now is twelve thirty. I'm good still. Okay, He's good. Cool. Good. I love uh, to have him stay. <laughs> so um, I do want to kind of focus on while we have you, what your experience with PI has been and how it's been transformative, the before and after. So are you comfortable getting vulnerable? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let's talk about his uh, profile. Yes, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, so, what profile are you after you took the analysis? Um, I'm a maverick. Okay. Yeah. We got two Mavericks. Yeah, we do. From Maria. Ed is also well, a Maverick. There's 17 reference profiles, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Do you have them committed to memory? No. <laughs> I mean, I could go through them, but yeah. <laughs> I am so appropriately, as a podcaster, mm-hmm. a promoter. That's right. Yeah. And like, do you know how good that felt? Mm-hmm. To be like, am I doing the right thing? <laughs> yeah, you're on track. Is this yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing? Is my life on the right, like, on the right track? Exactly. And to, to get those results and to like get validated... I felt self-actualized before that, mm. but I fucking blew through the roof after that. Wow. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's That's beautiful. No question. Part of my language, it deserved an F-bomb. Yeah. Um, so, Al, Maverick. You. <laughs> what is a Maverick? Well, um, I guess the... Uh, I should have Ed describe it because I feel like it's uh, describing myself as... Is... I actually kind of rather hear it come from Ed. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, oh, Ed. It, well, there is every profile has its little why do I? Why am I a maverick, Ed? <laughs> well, that, well, Al, that's because you are an uh, innovative, out-of-the-box thinker who is undaunted by failure. 
And what is the term that you are, Ed, as far as you are a PI implementer or? Yeah, I'm a partner. I'm a partner. PI partner. So you're an yeah. expert in the subject. I think we have to I, make it clear. I'm trying to be. Yeah. You know, I've, I've only known the platform for two years. So what are the strengths and weaknesses of, and not every Maverick is exactly the right. same. Well, let's just start real quick, like to explain to the audience that there are four factors that we look at in PI. And that is your dominance, you know, your drive. So there's drives and needs, right? And they become behaviors in the workplace. By the way, PI has been around since World War II, and uh, it was developed exclusively for the workplace. So unlike other assessments, it's completely workplace-driven. So uh, the four factors are dominance, and that's your drive or your need to, to apply your will on people and, and events, so that's more controlling. And it and there's a continuum. You know, you either have low dominance or high dominance. The next is extroversion. That's easy to understand. Um, just how much you want to be around people and how much you want to socialize. Uh, then there's patience, and that's really kind of your tempo, by the way, too. And how much you want to like get down and be more heads down, be in front of a computer all day. That's somebody with high patience. Not me. Not yeah. me or Al. And then low patience is you just want to move around and kind of make get shit done fast. And then your formality, and that's your relationship to rules and structure. And so if you have high uh, formality, you know, you're somebody who's like, it's all about the rules, you know. Um, ambiguity is not your friend. But unlike uh, Al and myself, we have very low formality, and we can, like, swim in the deep end of the pool without, without swimmies on, you know. And so that's the four factors. So a maverick has high dominance. That means they, they know what they want. And they know, and they and they, they they got the idea, and they really aren't as collaborative as they maybe could be, uh, but they're more the visionary type. And then high extroversion uh, is a maverick's uh, next essential factor. And we are, we're social creatures. Uh, we like to move fast. We're very driving, and we also like a lot of flexibility in our day. So if you put Al or I as mavericks in an office and said, your job is going to be to work eight hours in front of a screen, we would look at each other and go like, no, we're not. And we would spit the bit, as my friend likes to say. Uh, we would spit the bit and we would not be happy in that job. So it's about finding the happy place. You've heard the analogy, you know, putting the right people on the bus in the right seats. Yeah. It's exactly Collins? what it is. Yeah. It's good to great. Yeah. And that's what this is the the emotional component of that. It's, right. So you can put somebody emotionally on the right seat of well, the Well, the bus. cool thing about this whole process is you, you got to you can't help anybody else until you've helped yourself. That's you've right. that, right? Yeah. So the the process is you take it first, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that alone just to, to like am I not happy? Why am I not happy? Right. And when you start learning about yourself mm-hmm. and then you and then you go, "Well, this makes sense. I'm not in, I'm not doing I'm not in the right seat myself." Yeah. You know, like that alone, like, again, I'm emphasizing this is enough to, to, to start the process. Right. Um, but then, so, okay, actually back to Al, mm-hmm. um, after Ed it's about time. That, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm a maverick. As <laughs> you're listening to yourself and your, your, like these character traits, like what are the, in terms of like strengths and weaknesses, let's start with weaknesses. Cause that's always mm-hmm. fun. How did becoming more self-aware of your weaknesses serve you? Well, I'll give you a story. Uh, we call them cautionaries, by the way. I, I like the weaknesses. The, uh, <laughs> so we it's have, dramatic. <laughs> I'm, 
I'm working with our general manager at, at the Pizzeria Badia, and um, and she's amazing. She mm-hmm. opened the restaurant. She's incredibly talented, uh, just an industry vet, loves the business, and she's um, very collaborative. And so I would have my weekly meeting with her, and I'd walk in, and I'd be like, Heather, I ate here last night, and they had the coolest this, that, and the other, and had this wine, and I'd be all wanting to talk about the business of of you know just my life and uh she'd be sitting there very patiently and she'd have her list and you know just numbered neat neat writing and i would just and it took me a while and it wasn't until the pi i'm like all the air would have to come out of my balloon and then we could actually have a meeting so now with pi i realized well what makes Heather tick? You know, this meeting isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> this meeting's for her. Yeah. And so I would go, I would head down to the pizzeria with an entirely different level of consciousness. Mm. Heather, Heather wanted to work through the list first, collaborate, have a game plan, have someone weigh in and validate her um, ideas or, you know, approval for her ideas. And then she could relax and then, talking about whatever was full game because she's into the business but i was actually making her very uneasy with my approach where here i'm thinking um it's relaxing we're talking about the business and she wants to get to the business and so without pi i would have i could have fumbled along thank goodness she was who she was and she was patient she is specialist she shouldn't have to she was a collaborator she was a collaborator Yeah. Yeah. yeah And uh, but it shouldn't be that she has to wait for me, you know. I'm I'm I should I'm one of the leaders of the organization. I should be aware enough that I'm there to serve her. Yeah. And what you know what how's that meaning going to be meaningful? And how's it going to be collaborative? And how is she going to you know how's it when we when the meeting ends is she going to feel good about it? Did she get what she needed from me? So, pi you know pi changed my entire approach to her and. And it was super efficient, and she got stuff done. The restaurant thrived, um, and I didn't get in her way. Yeah. Any other examples you can think of um, in terms of how becoming more self-aware after taking this assessment has served you, like, and maybe maybe helped you in making a right decision? Yeah. I, well, I think the right decision, I think, always uh, boils down to uh, de- developing the right relationship. And um, so the self-awareness piece of that was, was sort of the next component of PI for us, and that was matching people. So there's a, there's a factor in PI that allows you and I to put your profile on top of mine, and we get a, another whole assessment, assessment of where you and I are going to th- thrive and where we could maybe conflict or not get the best out of each other. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that level of PI was very helpful in, in several ways. It was helpful for me to be a better partner. And, and that's really important because if the three partners aren't in sync to a, deg- and to a great degree, then the message out in the restaurants can be disjointed. And so I would say that, that portion of PI allowed me to get a greater look at my relationships with Greg and Nick in a different way. And Greg, I'd known since 2002, I had actually hired him as a manager at star restaurants 
in 2002. And Nick, I just met in like 2016 or 17. So here was this relationship that I'd had for a long time. And then there was this new relationship I had. And so, you know, by my, by virtue of my personality and my maverickness, Mm. I could make Nick feel like the odd man out when um, the irony was, is I was actually the third person joining the partnership. And that was by virtue of the fact that I knew Greg longer and I wasn't self-aware enough of what that, how that might impact Nick. The irony of that is, is the sort of overlay between Greg and Greg and I sometimes are, are, uh, our blind spots to each other would actually result in the most friction um, where we would like just have it out and, <laughs> and uh, but we could make up very quickly, but we would have it out. And then when I really got to overlay mine with Nick, our relationship actually flourished because um, uh, nothing that he had done differently. It's all how I looked at the relationship differently. And I looked at the relationship through the lens of, how he ticks and then how I tick and how can, how can we, how can I enhance the relationship? And I, I uh, what are there, do you Ed, say they're, uh, sorry, go ahead. Greg is a controller and, um, Ed actually talks about Nick's PI because it's one of the rarest. Yeah. Adapter. An adapter. Yeah. And so, um, there was Nick always having to adapt, adapt, adapt. And so we were able to cut through that. And, uh, so I, I think that that, alone it helps the organization because yeah. now you have the ownership that um they're, they're more self-aware with each other mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. so we get to set a better example yeah uh I, I was hoping to go to break and talk about how it affects the entire organization yeah. kind of got ahead of us but that's fine because that's, that's a good question awesome. it's mm-hmm. awesome yeah what were you wanting to say Ed? i feel like you're trying to no no i was going to actually get into that the idea of these conflicting values within an organization and how pi helps with that too. yeah, yeah. um let's save that for at when we come back we talk about the bigger picture so you got it my train of thought is thinking personally mm-hmm. and then how it expands and grows into the you organization so i kind of want to get selfish a little bit and talk yeah, about please. myself yeah you know? of course so as a promoter <laughs> as a promoter yeah <laughs> um so how it helped me um become self-aware and just like trying to figure out direction and future like 2023 has been a big year for me where like I'm I'm really taking I'm so I've slowed down to speed up right mm. it's one of these things you have to do kind of like what you were doing in 2021 the whole industry was forced to slow down but it's like what am I like what's the strategy moving forward I have people that I'm working with now it's not just me my my decisions directly affect other people and like how do you it's like trying to like create this Venn diagram of like what what is aligned with me in my personal skills and what will make me happy and what will make my listeners happy and serve them but also these other people like how do we play to our strengths and how do we stay happy and how do like like where do all these circles overlap right and just trying to like be intentional mm. and, and and to play to your strengths so we just had our our, our annual meeting with our 10-year plan and mm-hmm. our five-year plan with the eos language now with, right to help steer our level 10 meetings going forward and all this stuff so to, to be taking this test or not this test. It's not a test. It's an assessment. Mm-hmm. Matt Pepsil would be pissed off That's at me right. right now. The, it's an assessment. The Godfather. To take this assessment um, at this time was so powerful. And it really helped steer. So, okay, talk to me about a promoter. What are the strengths and weaknesses? Or, sorry, those are Cautionaries. Right. Thank yeah. you. Well, promoters are exactly that. Uh, they're people who um, get very excited about a concept or an idea. And Me they, get excited? Yeah, <laughs> with excitement. Um, and uh, 
they're off to the races. They have something in common with us Mavericks is that sometimes the details get lost. Guilty. Yeah. And if you <laughs> want to talk about, and can, can I really be candid? Please. Um, Give it to me, man. Ready? Some, of the, some people can perceive promoters as being superficial. Did that hurt? No. Okay, good. It's because I, I perceive <laughs> myself as being superficial. Sometimes. Right, and superficial sounds so negative. What's it's the horrible. Definition of superficial. Yeah. <laughs> what am I agreeing to? Yeah, but but so, and I'm going there because PI actually uses that language, and it makes me uncomfortable. Oh my god! What they use that that superficial language. Yeah. And uh, but it, what it means is that you have to. That you said intentional. You've been talking to me, ever since you took PI. You've been talking to me about being more intentional and that's exactly what you need to be because you can get excited about something and make promises and say let's go do this and then you don't do follow-up and you don't do follow-up because you have this big vision right did i say my mission is to change the world that's right change the world through and i believe it though it's not like but like that's not easy well it's a big hairy audacious goal right and that's what you should have and andrews i don't just say it to like you know appeal to people like it's really what drives me that's right but i think i just have such audacious big hairy goals and i am not good i always say i'm I'm amazing in the the clouds you need someone to do details for you i'm horrible in the dirt and you have great assistance you well we you know um my great friend uh mark renke did your pi read back and did your team's read back and you have detail-oriented people around you yeah and it just kind of happened right no and and Al and I need the same thing. I, like Maria was my detail person, and you know uh, Greg and 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 Nick are more detail oriented. I I was I like to think I'm pretty intentional with the people. I'm very self aware of my weaknesses, mm-hmm. self self conscious. That's beautiful. I would say self conscious, almost to a point of default. Where yeah. I, you know what I mean? Where I'm like I don't think I can do anything. I was convinced I was a big old dummy. Growing you have up, a little imposter you know? syndrome. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. The worst. Are you kidding me? I talk. I try to give advice to restaurant owners, and I've never owned a restaurant. Yeah. You don't think I have imposter syndrome? Yeah. <laughs> um, but what it helped me is to realize that, like, I do have. I'm well intended. But you grew up in one. Let's just right. be clear. Yeah. I'm, I'm well intended. I make. I have big dreams and mm-hmm. big aspirations. I fall short of my goals often. Yes. Overpromising yes. is really a, what a promoter can do if you want to go to the cautionary. Right. So. How it served me is be, is just realizing that like if I want to do this, I need to slow down. Yeah, and I need to. I think the other thing I'm really guilty of is mm-hmm. I want to serve people. I right. want people to like me. I, I want to. I want to add value to other people's lives. I make promises. Let's promote you. Yes. Let's let's help you. Yes. And then I I underestimate the amount of bandwidth it's going to take to do it right. Right. Yeah. You can get ahead of yourself a little right. bit, and that's fine. But if you want somebody to be a champion of an idea within your organization or somebody that can really just be that literal, literal you know, like bullhorn that can, can synthesize ideas and see the codification in it and then, you know, re- basically regurgitate that codification to the masses, go get yourself a promoter. I mean, yeah. and they're beautiful message carriers they're vision movers they're culture carriers yeah they are truly vision movers they just you know just uh, need to be it's, a little more intentional so the definition of superficial if anybody is curious uh, I'm sure most people know but the specific definition existing or occurring at or on the surface mm. which is ironic because when I talk to people about the kind of person I am yes I am a speedboat cruising at 
you know, 100 miles an hour right. at the surface. Yes. I don't like to drill down. Mm-hmm. I don't have the patience to drill down. Right. I'm big picture. I'm a mile above the, 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 the surface of the ocean. I can see what's going on down there, but I don't want anything to do with it. Right. I would rather promote somebody sounds who's good like at a, it. Sounds, sounds like, like all three of us here. Yeah, sounds like a maverick <laughs> wannabe to me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but even just being able to... Another thing that's so <laughs> key, This you just we're making a really great point right now. Mm-hmm. Part of culture is a language. When you go through and you take th- this assessment, you're giving yourself and your team a common language yes. so you can communicate. And that in itself is invaluable. And that's what I was saying. Yeah. 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 So... Um, I think we're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors. Okay. When we come back, we'll decide what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about the big picture. If you're tired of the other tater, you ought to try tater cakes because it's time to serve the tater your guests deserve. Tater cakes are shredded potatoes mixed with delicious flavors. All the best parts of a baked potato in the perfect handheld package. From the freezer to the fryer to your guests, tater cakes comes in a variety of flavors, including bacon, cheddar, chive, buffalo chicken, bacon, jalapeno, and more. And I got to hone in a little bit deeper here on this deliciousness. Bacon, cheddar, chive features creamy cheddar cheese, big bacon bites, sour cream and a hint of chives and of course crispy crunchy potatoes Mm, sign me up for that you can serve them in a variety of different ways and in many different applications great for dining delivery and to go with all the uncertainties in the world today, we should be certain that our food always has great flavor and Tater Cakes provides that comfort in every bite. Request samples at taterkegs.com. That's T-A-T-E-R-K-E-G-S.com. Taterkegs.com. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. Fred will be leading the training, supporting you, and holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant, but during this no-cost-to-you 60-day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions, and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back. Um, what I would like to spend the rest of our time focusing on, and I think Al already kind of alluded to it a little bit, is this idea that once it starts with you mm-hmm. and it ripples out. That's right. Um, and I think we've gotten to the point where you've, you've rippled out, Al, to like your immediate partners. 
your business partners, the people that are closest to you and how it's helped you. But like, what's the big picture? Well, you, you hit on it at the very end before we took break is um, it's helped create a common language. And so it's really interesting. You know, I, I'll be talking to a general manager, have a meeting, and they're talking about their weekly meeting with a manager. And they're absolutely utilizing, hey, I reviewed their PI before we went into the meeting. And they'll, they're u- utilizing the tool and they're reflecting on it. And so um, that is the, the ripple effect, the fact that this common language starting with the values, starting with the leadership training, and then really the moment of know thyself through PI, and then subsequently reflecting on it to help develop others, develop your teams, um, that's the major ripple effect. It's giving, and you see the toolkit. I mean, that was, think about it, void of predictive index, your, each general manager or chef or whomever is left by their sort of their own vocabulary, their own experiences um, that could be outstanding or they could be incredibly random. And most, most importantly, they also can be incredibly off track. Uh, you could be bringing the exact opposite of what that person needs in their development. And that is what we identified in working with Ed as one of the biggest problems in our industry. One of the biggest problems in our industry is crappy management. It's the biggest problem. Um, and so we've kind of tightened, tightened that up. We've tightened that up by creating a common language, but it's not just a language that we developed on our own. Well, there's a unique situation, sorry if I'm coming no, short, no. in the restaurant industry. How many other industries, if, that, if you go from line, like entry-level line staff to management, you take a pay cut? Yeah. Mm. No wonder <laughs> why there's a friggin' issue. That being said... When you're taking a pay cut, you're also giving yourself an education, which I think we undervalue. So there's a little bit of a give and take. You might be taking a step back or sideways, but you're getting under a much higher ceiling when you give yourself those skills because you can go anywhere with them. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the um, five pillars of emotional intelligence is motivation, and it's motivation beyond money. So I think a lot of the people that can take that leap. I was always in the back of the house, and then I moved to the front of the house, so there was never a money issue for me. But the the people who go from server um, to to say management, um, yeah, sometimes there is or a bartender to manage. Bar, yeah, exactly. Um, that could be a thirty thousand dollar pay cut. It could be. I think it's gotten better now. Yeah. I think we pay better now uh, for our managers. Uh, but yes, that you have to be motivated beyond money. Uh, and then there's something called the golden handcuffs. It's a beautiful thing, and I love people that are bartenders for life. It's beautiful, but you know, you get to a point where you know standing for you know eight to twelve hours a day can get can get tough. So you know, to be able to make that move and to pivot and reinvent yourself and upskill into management, yeah, there can't be such an obsession around around. It's all about the money. Right. Right. Um, any other big picture things? that we want to get out. I'm loving how smooth it is. This, this past hour, I don't know about you guys, flew by. Yeah. I was thinking this was going to be maybe an hour interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still feel like I could keep on going. Yeah. But, um, what, what haven't we discussed, Ed, that you well, think is important? We haven't talked about... Um, there's, there's, in, in PI, there's many different um, opportunities for this growth we're talking about. And the biggest picture growth is in the part of the platform called Design where not only can you set a job target behaviorally within the assessment, within the platform, 
to find if we're going to find that person, the right person for the right seat on the bus, right? You build the job target. And just a little side here, and this is important. It's not just PI. We're onboarding with PI. We're not just looking at job targets and assessments and alignment to the job. There's other factors, and it's important to understand that people will think that PI is this way of keeping people out. It's very inclusive. Um, there's whether their their heart is aligned. You know, do they love people? Do they like to serve? Uh, that's a big part of hospitality. And do they have the you know the skills and the knowledge and the background, maybe the education, to to do the job as well? PI is just a, 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 a part of that. Yeah, I just echo that point. Is yeah. we don't use PI as a uh, disqualifier right. at all. It's it's. I mean, we tell people right away, hey, you're going to get this. Here's a little bit about it. I think you're going to be pretty intrigued by it. You're going to get a copy. And uh, it just allows us to examine the, those skills in a, in, in a different way. Um, it allows us to best serve you. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, and you start a conversation. Imagine me just going up to you saying, you're really superficial, right? You have to accept it first. Yeah. Because people aren't going to accept direct you know, criticism. So yeah. it's a way of starting the conversation where we can say there's some challenges here. Um, but the bigger picture thing that we wanted to talk about is the competing values platform, which is, which is the design part of d- designing an intentional team within yeah. PI. I mean, just, I mean, if one of your core values Al, is to empower people or to lift people up or to, you know, like, and I'm paraphrasing, making it all happen. about people. Yeah. Like the, to communicate to somebody who's interested in working with you, I am going to have you take this analysis that you can take with you and it will serve you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. because it will make you more self-aware, the most important skill moving forward into the future, self-awareness. And you wouldn't like that from the get go, from the first point of contact, you are living your mission. And I think if you take that approach of that's why we're doing this, yes. it's because I'm here to serve you. Excellent. And the best way I can serve you is by helping you become self-aware. So when you go beyond this place, you can hand, you can copy this and attach it to your resume going forward. Yeah, I you think know? you're hitting a great point. It's not something we just spring on you and it, we frame it. I mean, right. to me, it is, I, I actually want to see not, I want to see the reaction because it's an investment. And so it's, it's kind of part of, the, you know, we're being interviewed, they're interviewing us, we're interviewing them. And, and yet when we're introducing the concept around PI to, a, to an applicant, um, I want them to be excited about it. Right. Because I want, I, I want them to, A, recognize that they're, uh, they're gonna, this company puts its money where its mouth is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And secondly, um, if there's a fear of, of self-awareness, um, that would be the only disqualifier. Right. That that. So it's not the test itself or the the assessment itself. It's the uh, I don't want to do that. I actually had a person tell me I I took a test like this once and I never heard back again. I get well, that's not what this test is about. Yeah. Right. Um, you made a really important point. It is an investment. Uh, that's something I, I wanted to come out of today's conversation mm-hmm. to make sure people are aware that this is this is an investment. It's not like you can wave a wand and like you, this happens. Right. It's a time investment. It's a financial investment. Uh, it's an energy investment. Um, it's a learning curve investment. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, how much money goes into training people? 
Oh. You know, like where does that, I mean, you're the consultant and right. like labor well, costs is up there in the prime costs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, just labor alone. Yep. But then the cost of training people and yep. the turnover and how does this, how does you like, how does the ROI manifest? It's in turnover. Like the turnover is the thing that you can't read on a P&L. And it's, it can be $25,000 per person, depending on that person's role in the, in the organization. Yeah. I, I remember 25 years ago reading the uh, National Restaurant Association said, even the frontline people, after training and all of the, uh, the, pr- the lower productivity you get, waste. Uh, the waste, right, and then having somebody who has to train that person. This is 25 years ago. They, they estimated it was about $7,500 per person. That was 25 years ago. Well, this thing called inflation, 25000 and it doesn't show up on your P&L. So, uh, and, it, and by the way, um, on my website and on the Protective Index website, there's a turnover calculator that you can use. It's devastating. Yeah. It can be... It can be literally millions of dollars a year wow. in average size organizations, um, but there's just no line item for it on your P&L. Right. Yeah. It's so hard to track. Uh, Al, do you have any data that supports this personally, for just from like your business, on like the money you guys spend on training? And Well, we have a good understanding of what we spend on training. That's an easy one to break out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're fortunate. I mean, our turnover is, you know, I kind of look at turnover a couple ways. There's good turnover and bad turnover. Mm-hmm. And uh, good turnover is, um, you know, somebody that... Can I guess? Well, we, uh, I'll give you an example. We have a, a server here, Barry. He started with us on the opening team, but he, he was a musician and he was a talented musician and that was his passion. And he, uh, he just got an opportunity to go teach music. Mm. And it, you know, it prohibited him t- from working at night any longer. But that's good turnover. Yeah. You know, he made a great contribution. We'll always have the best uh, love for Barry. But you know, when I see someone walk out the door to do something that is their why, uh, that's I don't even I don't measure that turnover. Um, bad turnover is somebody that boy you just missed on. You know, right. you, you just missed and. Uh, and you missed in a lot of different ways, and it could have been organizationally, individual. Um, it could have been, a, a, you know, just the way they were handled. You know, those are the th- that's the bad turnover. Right. Um, and uh, uh, you know, when, when someone's pursuing their dream and pursuing their why, and they've, uh, I'd like to think that their time spent with us will only enhance that next step in, of their life. Um, but as you know, my. My contemporaries go in, in Philadelphia around here and even in other cities. Um, we like, we're proud of our turnover numbers. Yeah. Um, they are, uh, they're maybe, under industry standards of what we read. Let's put it that way. Maybe it has way. something to do with the amount of money you're putting into, the investment you're putting into your people to make sure they don't go anywhere. Yeah, I, I think it's, that's or a, that's a, certain, yeah. So they stay longer, yeah. right? I mean, we're, uh, we're, I think that, our people are really committed to doing excellent work. And right. so lights, camera, action is something that we put a lot of time into. And so when staff comes in to work, they're, they're coming into a restaurant that is, um, and we've thought about the day. And we mm-hmm. thought about making sure there's enough spoons. Yeah. 
I'm loving this conversation. Uh, I, I want to point out one thing, and then we can start to like wrap it up, unless there's anything else that hasn't come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you said turnover is hard to measure, right? Both good and bad, or both bad, I should say, and good turnover is hard to measure. Um, well, the turnover is not hard to measure. That's well, a, not the math. It, it's it's the impact on the organization right. that's hard to measure. Um, but I, I guess what I'm the point I want to make is that both. Whether, regardless of whether it's bad turnover or good turnover, mm-hmm. you have to just have faith that the good turnover adds value to your business long term. Yes, because it has it's positive ripples. That's right, and that pot that's untraceable. Mm-hmm. When those those ripples go out into the ether, yeah, it's energy. Brand ambassadors, advocates we for your brand. We can't track it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. But it's out there. That's right. When it's bad turnover, mm. because you're a dink or whatever reason, like yeah. they don't like you, well, yep. guess what? Everyone else is going to know. And it's and You that will not is, be an employer of choice. That energy you know, <laughs> also ripples out there. Yeah. It is so hard to track. That's hard to track. That is so. That energy is the the difference between the good and the bad. Listen, right? this this is really an important point, point, and I don't want to miss this point. You have a reputation as a company that serves and feeds people. You have a reputation as a company that that handles people, and that reputation in a small, big town like Philadelphia can be devastating if you're trying to recruit. People I, talk. Yeah, I've had clients that like I, you know, where they struggle culturally, and they can't find people. Surprise, surprise. Right. And then there's companies like Defined, and resumes come in. It's as simple as that, and it's really important. Yeah. And uh, in this really crucial and, and, and difficult, are we allowed to talk about what next? Like, maybe based off business size, organizational size, and what the expected uh, investment would be. To, to work with somebody like you, Ed, uh, and PI, as far as like what monetary effort it takes to to get this ball rolling, hmm. is that something you're able to what talk about? What do I charge? You mean? Yeah, like what? <laughs> like if I'm listening to this, I'm like, sign me up. Right. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Can we just be transparent about what the investment looks like? We can be, but you know, all my clients want different things. You know, ah. um, so it really varies based on the amount of time that I have to spend and the content I have to create. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. What about so, just not you, but PI in general? PI is a platform that has four different um, modules, and they all are they all charge separately. If you buy all four modules, it's depending on the size of your team, also. But if you have a team of fifty, um, it's about ten thousand dollars a year. It, it's an investment. That stacked up against the other numbers you shared. Oh, it's yeah. And I think that's that's the thing. Uh, do you want to speak to this, Al? No. But when you how did you rationalize it? Let me ask you that. Uh, I, th- it was again. You, it was a moment in time where Greg, Nick, and I were looking at this going. Um, it, uh, the irony was, it was probably the worst time financially. Mm-hmm. But it was how are we going to catapult ourselves to the front of the line? Yeah, we want to be in front of the line. We're, you know, we're we're competitive guys. We want the restaurants to be excellent. We want the best people. Um, we uh, and we knew that we're gonna, was going to take a commitment because without the best people, we wouldn't get the best servers. Without the best servers, we wouldn't get the best bus people, and mm. so forth. And dude, and I, and that's it, you know. So it was just yeah. The restaurant with the best people wins. Man. I gotta point it out. 
I literally just finished interviewing one of your business partners, Chef. I'm always afraid knock. to knock. I'm always afraid to say your yeah. name. Um, what a lovely woman. You weren't there for that conversation, but she reinforced everything we're talking about right now. When I talked to her about who were you before Defined, who were you after Defined, she's like, my, my partners elevated me. My partners let me focus on what I do so they can focus on what they do and so we can all go further together. Mm. The, the values that you, Nick, Greg have to give and to make it about others and to make it about relationships and growing and collectiveness attracted her onto you and she is doing so many amazing things for your collective group right now. Just one best chef, mid Atlantic James Beard. Mm -hmm. This is the examples of how it ripples. Yeah. It comes back. You have to have faith 10,000, like $10,000 to help understand your people to get aligned with your people to serve your people so you can stay in your lane and do what you do and go further you cannot measure it and you have to have faith that if you if you if you proactive if you live intentionally and you get ahead of the curve it comes back around yeah. well i, I mean, believe in this shit can you yeah tell? good <laughs> i do have to ask did she uh, say which partner she liked the best yeah <laughs> I don't know if she said which one. Oh, she get her I, back on. Okay. Yeah. The uh, well, think about it. Like you know, the, the story I told. Um, she did call you brothers, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. oh, actually, I think she said work husbands. Work husbands. Work yep. husbands. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's she's a blessing not just to uh, our company, well, sure. but to this entire community. I mean, mm. this person wake she wakes up and does more by the time most people are having their second cup of coffee than than most people. You know she's out there. You're talking about a frontliner. This is this is it. She's she's one of the most giving human beings that I've ever come across. Yeah. So it's it's an inspiration to be around her. Yeah. Um, but think about too. the ten thousand. J- just think about the one story I told about my inability to r- read the general manager properly because I wasn't thinking about the general manager on our weekly meeting. That alone. Um, it, and that's just one example. Right. So you look at all these little inter, interconnected examples of of, uh, of manager to manager, manager to chef, chef to manager. It, it goes on and on and on. And any one of those moments can be can cost you more than ten thousand right. dollars in some odd way. Lawsuit. Yeah, I mean that's the the, <laughs> the extreme. But someone that was really one extreme that can be awful. the nail on the coffin. Yeah. But, but someone that's really poised to, to make a big difference in the organization who becomes bad turnover, that's well over $10,000. Right, right. And it only takes, you know, you only need to lose one like that um, and, you know, where it's, it's costly. Got it. Um, one more question before we wrap it up. As a promoter, Ed, mm-hmm. yes. am I a precise individual? Are you precise? Um, you can be. You can be, yeah. Um, but you're more of a generalist, yeah. Um, but you know, the thing is that needs and drives stay the same. Your behavior can change once you get that awareness. You now are working on being more intentional, yeah, and less of a generalist. I like to, I like to say, I love chaos. Chaos is my like hot tub. I want to soak in it. I want open to a restaurant. <laughs> I love it. I'm not planned out. I'm not strategic. Right, and that's one of my weaknesses. Is I kind of just thrust myself into situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I am aware of it and I use it to my benefit. 
And I'm also willing to live like that. And most people aren't. Yes. Um, so I use it to my benefit. Like I am here because of chaos, because I was willing to go chase the story, to talk to people, to listen and to follow the leads. Mm. And those leads have brought me here. Yes. This is, you know, and I just want to make sure like this, this isn't a precise, we're not, this is a, how much planning do we do before this conversation? Zero. Yeah. This is coming from the heart. This is organic. The universe has literally steered me here. I started today's conversation with saying I spoke to Eli Culp. Eli Culp told me to talk to the Define Hospitality. Define Hospitality told me to talk to Ed. Ed told me to talk to the Predictive Index. Mm-hmm. I went through the process with Predictive Index. With your team. I lived it. I'm benefiting mm-hmm. from it. And I am, holy shit, this shit is powerful. <laughs> yes. And that's why we're here right now because my job is to chase the truth. And I recognize that truth is relative. Mm-hmm. My truth might not be your truth, yep. but you need to open yourself up to the perspectives and find out what's your truth. And right. This is something that should be on your radar. Yes. Yeah. I think the thing you, uh, you should also uh, hear from our, my vantage point, at least, is um, you're playing a role that is important to the restaurants because mm-hmm. 80% of the people left and you see it entirely different. You see it as a place to be. And uh, and you're going out there. I mean, I've listened to a, you know half a dozen of your podcasts Thank with you. other restaurant people, and um, I would have never met them if I didn't meet you. And I, uh, it gives me inspiration and energy to keep doing it because this is a worthwhile industry. This is um, it's important. People walk through these doors. They need something restored by sitting down and having a great meal with tremendous hospitality. And so, make no mistake, your promoterness is is making a difference also because um, it gives us a little more energy to keep going harder and faster and in, 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 in a proudful way. So, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, the pleasure is mine. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys uh, being so flexible to allow me to come into your space and to continue the conversation and to continue to make an example of your people and what you're doing. It's an honor. Uh, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? No. After listening to the show, Al, and becoming more familiar with it, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Who do you respect and admire? Let's keep this vein going. Who do you respect and admire and believe I should make an example of? Somebody that, you know, now that you're listening to the show, somebody you're like, I really wish you would talk to this person. Yeah, well, I, I think I turned you on to Amanda Schulman. Schulman and, yes. you know, and, and I still lo- haven't connected. That's right. I should have reached yeah, out. Yeah, you know, she's special. She's getting accolades left and right for her skill. But I think the most important thing about Amanda is um, that she is out there not – she's trying to think about what's next in terms of everybody's experience, her staff, her customers, herself. She's recently married. She's, she's got a great sense of the big picture and with a whole lot of talent underneath of it. And so I look at her as one of the – potential great young innovators in our industry that will not only going to put a, you know some great food on your plate but i think that she's going to do something that is uh will really affect the industry not just philadelphia and um she already is she already is so i every time i'm around her i just love every second of it she asks great questions she is every bit as good with numbers as she is with the, with the, with the uh, saute pan. So there's a lot more that meets the eye than you might think in terms of, you know, she's, she's not all cook. She's a lot of brains. Yeah. She's a lot of heart. 
So I, I, I think that that's one person that I look to right now. Um, to, to, she brings me energy and inspiration to do better, be better. I got a lot of reason to come back to Philadelphia. Amanda, um, Chef Knock called out um, uh, Vernick. Yeah, and yeah, Vernick, Greg, right? yeah. yeah, but he's he's amazing. Him and his wife are phenomenal. I've known him for a long time, um, and they're just, you know, they're true blue. They are yeah. fantastic human beings and and world class experiences. I mean, their restaurants are phenomenal. Yes, um, and they are. Uh, yeah, they're 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 on the uh, they're the good guys. Mike Salmanov is the other name that was mentioned. Yeah, Michael's Michael's which is phenomenal. a past guest, but that was like one of my first interviews ever, yeah. like first fifty. And wow, I was, don't listen to it. He's been through a lot. Since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I also Honeycomb CEO of Honeycomb was referred to me that Honeygrow Honeygrow. Honey Grow, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know. you know, I started that organization. I helped him open his oh, first really? his first Honeygrow. Set it up, man. Set it well. Yeah, please, I mean, Justin. Please set it up, Justin Rosenberg. Yeah. Um, Justin. That's right. Yep. So that's four, at least four reasons. That's four reasons to come back. So I'll yep. be back soon. Uh, worth the visit out here. And now, um, I guess I say, if we're interested, um, and we, what's the call to action if we're interested? Well, I love you to try PI. The thing about PI is that they're a very giving organization too, and they do freemiums. So you can get a provisional account and play with it for nothing, you know, for a limited time. Um, but if you want to start the journey of self awareness. Um, I guess we'll put something, I guess, on your... Yeah, listen to the closing thoughts. I think we're going to yeah. communicate after okay. this recording, get a line on what the specific a call to action is. A link to click and take PI, and then we'll you can set in. up a conversation with me and, and uh, go from there. So that's, just to be clear, it's the freemium. What, what's included? Like, what will we get if we if we go to this website, we sign up? Uh, what, you'll get an assessment. You'll get your, your assessment. So the self-awareness. Um, I, the self, the, the for free, you will become free. more self-aware You'll get a behavioral assessment. You'll if get the BA. There's 6,000 people listening to this. If I don't get at least 1,000 people clicking on yeah, this come link, on, people. I'm going <laughs> to throw myself out a window. And then if you would like, you could even set up an opportunity for a half-hour call with me, and I'll do a readback for you and see if it works for, for you and your organization for free. Jesus yep. Christ. Yep. I didn't know you were going to do that. That's 1,000 sure. hours. Yeah. Right there. Well, if we, if we get 10, I'm happy. So. <laughs> I mean, again, these people are here for a reason. Uh, they came to me organically. I've done the work. I've showed my work. This is authentic. This is genuine. This is transparent. And I'm, that's why I'm that's why I'm pushing it because I'm a promoter and I believe in this. Well, shit. we're both promoters as well. And yeah. I'm, I'm promoting this idea that, that self-awareness and emotional intelligence and being a better leader and being a better person can attract people yeah. to our industry. And that's, um, that's what it's about. And I do want to make sure if people uh, listen to this and they did not catch both Ed and Al's first episode, uh, if you head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 987, you can listen to Al's first interview. If you head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 1008, you can listen to Ed's episode. And this is episode 1031, two, 1032. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 1032. Whatever link we have to set up time with Ed, it will be in the show notes. It will be restaurantstoppable.com slash something. Listen to the, the closing thoughts and um, change your life. Take yeah, action and change yeah, your life. Let's go. Uh, I can't wait to be a maverick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now is when I say thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. I just ask questions. You guys make what I do possible, and uh, I'm just so grateful. There is no questioning. You are both unstoppable. Thanks, Eric. Cheers. Thank you. 
There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guests today, Al Lucas and Ed Doherty, for coming on and uh, letting us go deeper into the world of PI and how PI has helped serve define hospitality. Uh, this is a subject I'm really passionate about, and uh, this is this is the future of Restaurant Unstoppable podcast. We we started with Eli Culp. Eli Culp referred us to. Uh, the Define Hospitality Group, Define Hospitality. Al Lucas re- uh, referred me to Ed Doherty. Ed Doherty referred me to uh, Matt Pepsil, PI, and we're going deeper. Uh, the, we're we're trying to find clues. This is the the direction I want to take the podcast. Is I'm out there. I'm a student. I'm doing research. I'm talking to people, and when I find a nugget, something that that's worth drilling into, we go deep. And that's what happened today. And uh, I know the power of self awareness. It's the it's the peak of emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence, I first really kind of introduced to it back almost 10 years ago with Daniel Goldman's book, uh, Emotional Intelligence. And um, I knew then that the subject emotional intelligence was going to be huge in the near future. And it is. And it's powerful. So if you want to become more self-aware and everyone can benefit from being more self-aware, even if you think you are self-aware, this will help you become more self-aware. When I took this analysis, the behavioral analysis, it it opened up my eyes to things I had a kind of inkling. Like I, I, I had inklings about self, like things I knew about myself, but I didn't want to face, you know, face to face. I didn't want to take it head on. But as soon as I surfaced these things and as soon as somebody else brought it to the table and said, are you aware about these things in terms in, like, relative to yourself? When you talk about it, you're, you're forced to face it. And if you want that, um, it's, it will serve you and your business. And you can right now uh, get the free analysis and get a 30 minute uh, discussion with Ed Doherty on your results. This will, I promise you, this is worth following up on, guys. This is huge. I can't believe he's doing this. I hope he doesn't get overwhelmed, but take advantage of this. This is big. Um, head to restaurantunstoppable.com slash try PI and then fill out the form. Um, at, uh, Ed will be in touch with you and it, it will change your it will change your business and your life. Uh, thank you to everyone who makes the show possible. Thank you to Jared Parisi for your copyright and editing at Sumadre Podcast. Thank you, Cal Miola, my community manager, for all of your hard work behind the scenes. And thank you to Anna Tazin for your executive support and counsel. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.